0: Welcome to H2O In The Know, a podcast in which we talk about all things related to bottled water. I'm your host, Chris Torres, and today we're going to discuss the role water has when it comes to healthy aging. Shedding some insight on this topic today is our guest, Dr. Evan Johnson, who's an associate professor in the Division of Kinesiology and Health at the University of Wyoming. Dr. Johnson, we have you here and we're all set now. I want to thank you for coming on and joining us today. How are you?
1: I'm doing great, Chris. Thanks.
0: All right, so let's get right into it. How is it that you became interested in studying healthy hydration?
1: Uh, it all stemmed from my first research experience, and that was back in during my master's degree at the University of Connecticut. Uh, the original research projects I worked on had to do with um, hydration, thermoregulation, and working with athletes. And I can still remember walking down into the basement of Gamble Pavilion, which is where the exercise physiology lab at UConn is located, right next to where the, the men's and women's basketball teams play. Um, and one of the PhD students showing me a urine-specific gravity uh, kind of microscope <laughs> and a cup of urine, and he said, all right, get to work. <laughs> and that was my first experience with measuring hydration uh, in the lab. And... I was was not hooked initially. That was not my goal going into my master's. But by the time I was able to start collecting data related to hydration, and go through the process of publication and see that other people were actually interested in it, then I was hooked. Uh, And then over the the course of my master's and my PhD, the, the focus of our lab group at that time shifted from kind of athlete performance more into the measurement of hydration in healthy populations and then as i progressed into my postdoc that started to change into how hydration impacts people uh, in in clinical populations and so through that progress is you know it wasn't a light bulb moment for yep i'm definitely going to study hydration it was a slow progression of ideas that eventually at a point got to where i was like huh something as simple as changing the amount of plain water you drink can actually impact your overall health. I'm like, well, that's pretty easy. <laughs> Let's do that.
0: And what are some functions in the body that are heavily dependent on water intake?
1: Every single one. Um, it, there isn't one best or most dependent function in the body um, because you know everybody knows that, dependent on your body composition. you know we have anywhere from you know 40 to 75 to 80 percent of your body mass is going to be made up of water. And that's in every single cell in your body. We have water inside of that. So if you think about it from the most basic single cell um, kind of standpoint, well the signaling within that cell is dependent on how much water is in there. And that can be that can be dependent on how much water you take in. And then if we, th- we zoom out a little bit from there from the individual cell, okay, well, let's think about filtration in blood, right? The more water you drink up to a certain point can influence how much water is in your blood, and that can ease the process of filtration through the kidneys. So that's kind of the last one. And then uh, one of the really interesting things we're starting to see, starting to see with uh, hydration, if we zoom out even further, we know that water intake can have an influence on mood. So if you start at the cell and zoom all the way out to kind of emotional and psychological standpoints, like I said, water intake is related to everything along that line.
0: And how can a person determine the amount of water they should drink each day?
1: Look at your pee, Chris. That's (laughs) what you got to do. It's, you know, pretty simple when it comes down to it. If we look at your urine color, it can be different depending on, you know, how much water is in the bowl, if you're using a urinal, you know, obviously we have differences between, you know, uh, male and female preferred, and also different um, uh, country norms, as you know, certain countries don't necessarily have uh, toilet bowls filled with water that people use. Uh, But it's generally going to be the easiest thing for most people in the United States to do. And it's not to say you have to memorize the urine color chart that's been validated. And, you know, take a specific urine sample. For most people, the best thing to do is look at your urine color on a, on a normal basis and kind of track that. And when you see that urine color darken, well, that's a great uh, kind of hint that, okay, in the next 2 to 12 hours, I'm going to want to increase my water intake a little bit.
0: All right. I like that. Nice and simple. <laughs> mm-hmm. And if a person currently drinks a lot of sugar-sweetened beverages – how can they include more plain water in their diet?
1: Start with water early in the day. That's been what I've found personally. This is you know anecdotal evidence and my anecdotal advice here, um, but I know for me, if I start early in the morning with my first drink of the day, even before my coffee, which is saying something because I got two kids under three, <laughs> uh, if I start with a glass of water, that sets me off on the right foot and it makes sure that I don't. Get home, finish putting the kids to bed, and then look back at my day and be like, "Oh my gosh, I didn't drink anything, any water today." You know, you would think a person who studies this day in and day out would be the best example of plain water intake, Uh, but given other job demands, everybody knows there are those days when you look, think back, and you're like, "I forgot to eat lunch. I forgot to drink water." So I always start with a big glass of water first thing in the morning.
0: Nice. And for someone who might be dealing with a condition like diabetes or kidney disease, why would it be particularly uh, detrimental for them if they're not drinking enough water?
1: And I, I really like the way that you phrase that question there, Chris. That's important. It's not drinking enough. Um, a, a lot of times, some of the contrary evidence to the benefits of drinking water. I believe it gets misconstrued because people think that uh, individuals championing plain water intake are saying people have to drink six, seven, eight liters a day. We're not saying that, you know, in general, it's if you're meeting the guidelines and you're not in a particularly hot climate or you're not exercising excessively, um, if you're meeting those guidelines, you're going to be in pretty good shape. So it's it's when you get on the lower side of that that we start to see the issues with diabetes. As I mentioned before, your water intake can influence the concentration of your blood. Diabetes is a condition where it has to do with the uh, amount of sugar in your blood, so if we add more water to that, the concentration of the sugar will go down. Is that going to, in and of itself, treat or reverse your diabetes? Absolutely not, but it's a step in the right direction, especially if you're replacing a sugar-sweetened beverage with that plain water. Uh, For kidney disease, as I mentioned before, Adding water to your diet can help with the filtration of your blood um, through your renal nephrons. We want to make sure that we have adequate amount of water and we're not having to deal with anything like increased preglomerular pressure or anything like that can, that can affect the concentration of a lot of the solutes in your blood.
0: What are the benefits of keeping good hydration habits as we age?
1: It's just like anything else. It's like any other behavior. You know, with physical exam- uh, physical activity, for example, we know children of parents who modeled good physical activity behavior are more likely to be physically active as they age, and water intake is exactly the same. If you start drinking water early in life, it's more likely that you're going to continue that habit as you get older. Um, so as you get older, the benefit of increasing, or not increasing, but maintaining your healthy hydration habits are that you're going to continue to meet those fluid recommendations. As we know, we see a decrease in thirst, you know, somewhere around the 60 year um, kind of age range. Obviously, it's not like you're 59 and then on your 69th birthday, you're not thirsty anymore. Um, but generally with fluid intake, we see that to be about the cutoff of where we see, uh, start to see a decrease in water intake and thirst. And so, if the habits are already in place, then the likelihood that you'll continue to, to meet your gui- uh, meet the guidelines uh, in an older age is is better. All
0: right. How much water should seniors drink every day?
1: It's the same as you know anybody over age eighteen. The fluid recommendations um, have been evaluated for these different age groups. You know, adolescents, young adults, mid age adults, and senior citizens as well. And when it comes down to it, females, the recommendations are 2.7 liters per day from all sources, that's not just plain water. And for men, it's 3.7 liters per day. And what I always say with those recommendations is, that's your place to start. Because that recommendation can either be too much or too little, depending on different uh, behaviors. For example, I was saying before, if you exercise a lot, also, if you live in a particularly hot climate, maybe you don't have as much air conditioning, you live in Georgia, I guarantee you're going to be wanting to drink a little bit more than 2.7 or 3.7 liters per day. Um, But once again, it goes back to your question before, how do I know if I'm drinking enough? 3.7. If you're drinking uh, uh, 3.7 liters uh, per day and you look at your urine color and that urine color is clear, well, 3.7 might be a little bit too much for you. Because maybe you're in a, a period of your life where you're not being that active And you're in a climate that's well controlled. You're not losing a lot of uh, water through sweat. Then you can feel comfortable decreasing that water intake a little bit. All
0: right. So through your research, what have you learned so far about how low water intake can influence dysfunction as we age? The
1: the clearest picture I've seen of this with my uh, specific research has to do with diabetes. We did a study during my postdoctoral study with Dr. Stavros Kavoris at the University of Arkansas where we had individuals with type 2 diabetes consume their recommended fluid allotment for three days or a, a restricted water diet of about one liter per day for three days leading up to an oral glucose tolerance test. And this is, this is something that every woman who's been pregnant has probably had to go through where you go into the doctor's office and they make you drink that really sweet drink and then they take your blood a little bit later to make sure that your pancreas is responding correctly, secreting insulin, and removing that extra glucose out of your blood. If everything's happening normal, your blood sh- your blood glucose should return close to normal within two hours. For people with diabetes, obviously this isn't the case, and it's important for us to be able to... Reduce that spike in blood glucose um, any way we can. And that's why physical activity is recommended. That's why low glycemic index diets are recommended for people with diabetes. But our question was, if we meet the guidelines or are on a lower water intake, does that actually relate to a person's blood glucose handling during that two hours after the glucose drink that they drank? And it turns out that it did. Um, we found a decrease in glucose concentration over the two hours when the individuals were on the meeting guidelines water intake compared to when they were on the reduced water intake. And we thought about this kind of in two angles. One angle was, okay, well, when we think about glucose, we initially go to insulin. Was there a increase in insulin? And insulin concentrations were nearly identical bef- between the two trials, even though the glucose was uh, decreased. So this could mean one thing. It could mean that we have an, uh, an increase in insulin sensitivity. Uh, but one of the other hormones we measured was cortisol, which is traditionally a stress hormone. And we saw a quicker return to baseline in the hydrated state. And looking through the literature, there was some evidence to suggest that this decrease in cortisol in the well-hydrated trial could be due to the interaction with cortisol secretion and uh, vasopressin or antidiuretic hormone, which has one function to help you retain water, but also has a number of other functions as well. And there's an interaction in your uh, hypothalamus and how that is secreted. So that is our hypothesis. We have yet to uh, elaborate on that. Other lab groups uh, are working on that question right now. But as far as the relationship between water intake and health, that is the clearest picture I've been able to see is we had the same people, and when they drank more water, their blood glucose was lower.
0: What's the main message that should be conveyed when trying to convince older people to drink more water?
1: It's a really, really hard one to get across because – it's annoying to have to use the restroom, especially if you're in an, a built environment that might not make it that easy. Maybe there are stairs. Maybe it's a, uh, a different building that you have to go to to use a restroom. And I believe that's one of the biggest barriers uh, for older adults, drinking more water. Another area of research that my lab group is getting into right now is the relationship between water intake and the prevalence of nocturia. Getting up in the middle of the night to use the restroom is really annoying. I know how much getting up in the middle of the night to uh, respond to a crying baby (laughs) is. Um, So I can only imagine if I had to do that two, three, four times a night. And in a recent uh, survey that we had, we had a number of people who responded that they get up uh, during the night uh, six or seven times per night. Wow. I can only imagine how disruptive that much be, must be, not only during your night, but during the next day. So my main message uh, with older adults is do your best to meet those fluid recommendation guidelines. There is a benefit to meeting your fluid, rec- uh, your fluid needs. And I understand that it can be a pain in the neck to have to use the restroom a lot. But one thing you might want to also think about adding in, is, as well as your water intake, is. A little bit of physical activity because we know that that can help with the distribution of water and your water handling All right.
0: how can bottled water companies help older adults or their caregivers understand the importance of healthy hydration and drinking water
1: you know I haven't done too much uh, research into specifically the actions that a bottled water company could do but I think that the message should be that water is a healthy drink similar to veg similar to a vegetable. Okay, a vegetable is not necessarily a healthy drink, but I think the messaging around water intake should be similar to the messaging we have about fruit and vegetable intake. Get 5 a day. You know, I can recite that from all of the PSAs that I've seen. You know, and we had the great Uh, what was it, the public uh, campaign from Michelle Obama a couple years ago where she had her Drink More campaign that kind of faded by the wayside. Um, But I was really excited to see it when it came out. I think we need a little bit more information out there about meeting your fluid recommendation guidelines. Starting your day with a glass of water. Those are the types of messages that we can have uh, to help all people older adults, younger adults, um, to meet their flu recommendation guidelines.
0: Right. I like the comparison with uh, fruits and veggies. That's definitely something to keep in mind. All right, so Dr. Johnson, I've definitely enjoyed talking to you today, but uh, before we go, I'd love to know what tips you'd recommend to people who might not think about drinking water throughout the day.
1: It's hard. I get into this. I mean, our goal now, there's podcasts devoted to getting into flow state, Right. That's everybody's goal where you're not thinking about anything except for that work task in front of you. But I think having a nearby source of clean and cool water, we know, can influence a person to drink a little bit more. So that's going to be something to help people meet their uh, fluid needs on a daily basis. Also, a little bit of the scare tactics about uh, not counting any uh, diet beverages or caffeinated beverages, uh, those count, okay? The the water in those does the same thing that a glass of plain water does. Now, am I gonna advocate for plain water above uh, those other drinks? Yeah, because there are some uh, aspects to plain water intake that have benefits above that, but when it comes down to it, uh, meeting your fluid recommendation guidelines is the best uh, step you can take. All
0: right. And is there anything else that people should know about how drinking water can have a positive impact on aging?
1: Uh, I don't know. I, I'm a, as I've alluded to a couple times in this podcast, I'm kind of like a, a productivity junkie. I love some of those self help books, right? Adam Grant's up there, Um, who else do I have up here? I got Cal Newport, who's trying to minimize my digital usage, Um, and another person whose book I love is James Clear's Atomic Habits. And one of the big tenets to his book is about good habit stacking. And when I think about water intake, I really apply it to habit stacking, in that, as I mentioned, water intake is related to physical activity if you exercise, even just a gentle walk for five minutes, you're going to have an increased drive to drink. Guess what? There's two positive things that have happened at once. You've been physically active and even five minutes we know can have a beneficial effect on your blood pressure, right? And you've increased your plain water intake for the day. Add to that the other benefits of fruits and vegetables that contain a high amount of water now, you've got three good habits stacked on top of one another. Physical activity, plain water intake, and increased fruit and vegetable intake. Combining those three things together, that's my number one tip because we know all of those things can impact how you age.
0: All right, there it is. Uh, Dr. Johnson, thank you. That's all that I have for you today, and I want to thank you again for taking the time out to join us and coming on. And that's a wrap for this episode. If you haven't yet, you can follow and subscribe to H2O in the Know wherever you get your podcasts, whether that's Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or SoundCloud. I'm Chris Torres signing off. We'll talk to you again soon. H2O in the Know is brought to you by the International Bottled Water Association, a nonprofit organization that encourages healthy hydration and environmental responsibility on behalf of the bottled water industry.